Hello and welcome to the Hash Rugby Chat uh, podcast. I'm Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall, a website, podcast, Twitter account and YouTube channel bringing you the best in rugby predictions and opinion. Don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcasting app so we drop into your phone every week or actually every night at the moment. Um, and also please leave us a five-star review. Other stars are available, but why would you want to do that? Um, if you'd like to watch what happens behind the covers, the show's live on YouTube at 8pm New Zealand time every Tuesday. And be careful because next uh, the clocks will change uh, this weekend, Easter weekend. So Herman, no, sorry, we haven't gone back to the daylight savings yet, but we will do very, very soon. Um, where am I? I've gone lost. I'm lost. Uh, I've, my, my, I've, that's my whole my, my whole patter has just gone out the window. Um, <laughs> um, you can also join the discussion. Actually, no, I'm not putting the, I'm not putting the questions on on on. Uh, on, on there, so that you can't join the discussion on Twitter. You can, but no one will know what the questions are because I haven't posted them. But anyway, joining me this week is Ashwin. How are you doing, sir? Oh, not bad, not bad. Living the dream, living the dream. I can tell by your jersey. I was going to say the West End Massive, but the West End is closed for Auckland NPC uh, games, so that must be the North Stand? Yes, yes, it is, it is. It yeah, is the North Stand. The North Stand well, it used to be back in the day. It used to be called the North Stand. These days, they refer to it to make money as the ASB Stand. Ah, well, there you go. So, everyone, please do black bank with ASB. I do, um, and hopefully they'll sponsor <laughs> us as well. Um, so, or you can bank with, or um, there are other banks are available too, um, <laughs> since none of them sponsor us. But so uh, there we go. Oh, yeah, personally, I do, do ASB. There we go. So ASB stand, fantastic. What a great bank they are. Um, and also joining us from Chiang Mai, um, who doesn't probably bank with ASB as they probably aren't out there in Thailand, is Herman. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine, Paul. How are you? Uh, as you can probably tell, a few beers in and fantastic. Over the <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> so this week we'll be talking about Super Rugby, like we do every week, actually. We always talk about Super Rugby uh, and, until the internationals come around, then we'll talk about internationals. Uh, but yes. Um, Super Rugby, and particularly round six. And so kicking off on that then, what was your favourite moment of the weekend, Herman? Oh, easily Arsenal's try for Hurricanes. <laughs> that looked like something from a highlight reel from NFL Fields. And I think we're going to see that try many, many, many times in years to come. I think so. I mean, Ben Lamb, to be fair to him, um, on the other wing, he had a couple of uh, couple of very good tries as well. So he was a bit unlucky there not to have try of the match uh, stolen from him there by uh, by by, by Arso coming on uh, for his little sort of twenty minute cameo or whatever it was. But uh, but yeah, Lamb was also good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I totally agree. <laughs> And I think actually the difference between the Highlanders uh, and the Hurricanes was moments of different uh, moments of brilliance by their wingers or or the, by that by their players rather than um, any other uh, pieces. And Ashwin, you, you popped up there uh, comments about the Highlanders uh, or Hurricanes versus Highlanders. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, the, the, the Arso try is the uh, try for the weekend. Um, obviously, obviously, the hur the Hurricanes getting the job done over the Highlanders with assistance from the uh, Auckland wingers. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, and how appropriate! I'm wearing the right top. <laughs> I was going to say for, for for our international listeners, why don't you let them know what's uh, yeah, uh, yeah. the but, jersey you're wearing? Yeah, so the jersey I'm wearing tonight is a Auckland Air, our provincial championship jersey, um, and and quite conveniently, Vince Arso, who still does play for the Auckland team in the provincial championship. And Ben Lamb, who was from Auckland um, uh, in, I think, last year, he played for Wellington. But, uh, yeah, ma made it into the sevens team out of Auckland. 
if I may add for our international listeners too, is this is like the, the new black, the, like the most fresh excuse from the Auckland rugby community, like why we are not performing. This is the reason we're all stand going behind right now. <laughs> Auckland moved to other provinces. That's the only reason. Nothing wrong with Auckland rugby. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, uh, Danny, Danny says, right, yeah, that Vince Arso uh, dive was something else. It was very special. And I did love it when they said, oh, yeah, is, is he in touch? Well, he can't be. His feet are above his head. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the interesting thing with that try was the comment. I, I think it was only the commentators. I don't think it was anybody else was trying to get Ben Card yellow, uh, Ben Smith yellow carded for the tackle on Arso, and it's just like, no, he's just hurdled Ben Smith, and uh, Ben Smith just made some incidental contact with him. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, that's one of the things we've actually talked about on Hash Rubbish Chat before. Is uh, are you allowed to jump? Uh, over a tackler, um, and uh, whether you're, um, uh, and whether that's considered safe or not, or whether, um, but um, yeah, I, th I think the the the, the jumping uh, over the tackler was apparently never actually a law. Uh, it was just considered uh, uh, dangerous, but you get away with that if you're actually going for the um, uh, if you're going for a try. So it was considered dangerous play to hurdle um, or to jump into a tackle. Uh, yeah, the but, only so time I've ever seen that called is when they hurdle a ruck, because I've seen that a few times where um, the attacking teams hurdled a ruck to score the try, and the ref said, no, nah, penalty. Danny Tan says, they always actually improve once joining the Canes. No, I think they always just improve when leaving Auckland. Auckland. Or leaving the Blues, actually, rather than <laughs> Auckland. Auckland's fine, it's just the Blues. Actually, no, Auckland hasn't been fine. But Auckland, sorry, sorry. Auckland this, coming, this coming season has got um, Graham Henry back. So uh, are you expecting big things, Arthur? Um, oh, yeah. You know, we talk, I think we talked about it uh, last week when we had old Jess on, and it's just like, you know, or, or maybe a week, couple of weeks ago, is the fact is that we've be, become so used to uh, uh, underperforming that we now wait, if, if you wait for the results on the field. And, no, I'm not, then, I'm not, I'm not talking about the Blues, I'm talking about the... No, Auckland. no, no, Auckland rugby I, 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 no, no, Auckland rugby is the same, Auckland rugby is the same. The reality is, is the fact is that the player depth is there, it's... Um, you know, I, I sit back, I mean, we're digressing from Super Rugby, but I look back and I think that the preparation that they put in place for the team is shocking. Um, they usually get the team that's going to be playing NPC Championship Rugby together basically a week before. And you look at the other provincial championship teams and they've got their teams forming two to three weeks at least before and playing warm-up games and everything. So, yeah, look, uh, is it, it's all good and well. We've got Lama Ramirez, I think. Um, oh, geez, I've forgotten his name. I can picture him, picture him but another fellow Wellingtonian of Alamas. And then you've got Graham Henry there. You've got Tessessa Levere, um, not Tessessa Levere, but his brother. Um, so Mr. Levere, because I can't remember his first name. Um, oh, joining, oh, so they've got a good coaching group together, but, you know, at the end of the day, We'll wait for the results on the field to see whether they deliver. Paul, I, I, I want to ask a question to both of you because I know both of you care about oh, Auckland rugby. Take, take your mic closer. <laughs> uh, about Auckland rugby because I've been I'm watching some old YouTube clips about Auckland rugby. and It seems like it was the pride and passion of the city. We're selling out Eden Park, like 40,000, 50,000 for MPC games or whatever we were called back yep. then. How, how can it, where did it all go so wrong? And is, is there still a chance that people still can care about rugby in Auckland? Yep. In, but, in a way, it's the capital of the most rugby-mad country in the world. It's the most 
densely populated area in the most rugby crazy well, country. It's, it's not very densely populated. Everyone, everyone still tries to get their own uh, quarter acre section. So, um, I, I yeah, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I, mean, it's, it's, I, I know you mean. I'm trying to set, 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 the set the picture for 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 for, for non for people from outside New Zealand. Uh, Auckland is the lowest rise large city in the world. Uh, it, it's everyone lives in one story houses. Uh, that's why it's so big. Uh, it's the size of London with about with with something like an eighth or whatever the population. So 1.5 mil. 1.5 mil. It's next next to nobody really lives there. Um, until you move down to where I am. And if you saw my tweet earlier, where we're having pumpkin competitions, pumpkin growing pump competitions in the office, um, it shows you that I, I live in the sticks. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I, o o Auckland is, it, it's a small, it's, it's a large area, but it's a small population city. Uh, and so trying to get to that game is difficult because public transport isn't great. Uh, and, uh, and, and so trying to get to a game, you basically have to drive. Parking isn't wonderful around there. I mean, sure, Archwin and I, we, we know the secret places where we can find a parking space, but for the, for, your, for your casual fan, parking around there is a nightmare. They, they, they close off lots of areas uh, that's not available for parking. So you end up parking miles away and having to walk to the ground. It, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not an easy place to get to. Whereas your sofa is very easy to get to. You have much cheaper beer, you have much better food, and the view <laughs> is also better, and you don't get rained on. Um, and kids yeah, look, love their rugby, but they love watching it from the sofa, from the couch. Yeah, and, and um, like, and just on that crowd side, um, you, you go back. You didn't have the coverage coverage that you do now, as well, um, sort of thing. The passion has gone, though. You know, you, what, to answer Herman's question, the passion's gone. Um, the you know, people have been asleep at the wheel in terms of administration, um, and that's what's basically happened. That's the key thing: is that people have been asleep at the wheel of the administration. Um, and now we have what we have. Um, will it ever be back to the glory days? I doubt it. Apart from at super rugby level, there's a possibility. Um, you know, but rugby in Auckland has got some major issues, um, and they've been lucky. The biggest competition, which is the opposite opposite code with the Warriors, um, have been as equally effective as the Blues have. And so they've gotten away with it. Um, this year, the you know the opposition code started with three 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 and zero on the trot. The um, if the Warriors become successful, rugby in this city's got big major problems at the moment. By default, rugby's the sport; kids still play it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know these days it's a but Kardashian kids, world we live in. Kids, kids and still play it and kids still love it because of the All Blacks, not because of the Blues or Auckland. It's yeah, all, but it's all around the no, but. It's true, but you know, you, you look at um, a big catchment area is South Auckland, um, and reality is that if the All Blacks don't, you don't have as many games on the TV for the kids to follow. Um, with the All Blacks, they're not going to the games because they can't afford the tickets. Um, I think the tickets are affordable. It's just the fact that you know parts of society can't afford them. That's just a fact of life. <laughs> um, but I, I don't think you know, when you look at it, compare them to the tickets to Tukinum, they're affordable. But that's another story. But at the end of the day, the Warriors are on the screens regularly. They're seeing them regularly. Um, their sponsorship is much better at a much better level in terms of engaging with those South Auckland kids in particular. So, hey, look, the Warriors become successful. Even All Blacks will then start to have competition in the city. And there, it's already there. It's already there. As I said, it's just lucky that both I mean, teams have performed equally well. We, we, we used to go, I, I used to um, live around by Sylvia Park. Uh, you go to the, the mall there, it's one of the bigger malls in Auckland, uh, and you'll see people walking around in Warriors jerseys. 
Mm. You never see anybody walking around in a Blues jersey. You never see anyone walking around in an Auckland jersey. Uh, you occasionally see the odd All Blacks jersey, but you see more Warrior jerseys. Um, so, and that's not even South Auckland. That's East Auckland yeah. or, or East or Central. So, um, so yeah, uh, I was amazed that you see more 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 league jerseys around the place than you than you do Union jerseys but, most definitely. But, but, if I, but if I may add, then like a follow up question to that: Do you feel is there still potential to make Rugby Union big in Auckland again? With the Blues, won't be with Auckland, because the other thing is that so now Auckland's basically uh, because of the um, well, not not so the word's probably a bit strong demise of Auckland rugby at, at that provincial level. You've now got the um, there used to be still people that lived on the shore, North Shore, who, who have North Harbour that still followed Auckland rugby, but obviously now they've got a team that's just as strong and or Auckland hasn't been and they've drifted <coughs> off to a North Harbour. Stronger. <laughs> well, they they were la well last year. Well, no, they came up anyway. Um, and then you got counties Manukau in the south. So you've actually got in the one point five million catchment area, you split up amongst three um, teams in that are make up Auckland. No, but no. Also, I mean, let's be honest. If we if you look around uh, the, the 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 major the major cities, uh, if you look at the the crowds that the chief that the Waikato get, uh, mm. that Wellington get, that um, Christchurch get and that also uh, Otago get, none of them get decent crowds because they have got, if you're going to go watch rugby, you're going to go watch Super Rugby. Yeah. Now, if you go look at the crowds that teams like Taranaki, uh, like they can pull in Bay of Plenty or Hawke's Bay, uh, up in um, up in Northland even, and also down in sort of doubt, uh, and also Tasman and maybe even, even, even Southland to a certain degree, they don't have the Super Rugby competition. So they, they maybe they, if, if they're lucky they get one game a year in some yeah. of those places this year none of them do the only people that do is, is there's one in Rotorua so that's I've gone blank as who that is Manu, no no that's not Manawatu that's um Rotorua 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 is Rotorua Bay Bay Plenty Bay Plenty that's it so uh, Bay, so Bay Plenty every other province outside the Super Rugby provinces don't get prop, don't get Super Rugby for rugby so the NPC is their top level rugby so people will go and watch it. Uh, people will only go and watch the top level. The second level down, they won't. So Auckland yet, no chance. What about the Blues? Oh, the Blues can do, but they but Blues I mean, can do if they get got to get successful. They got to get successful, and they got to sort out their marketing. Their marketing is woeful. Marketing's rubbish. Yep. But um, and I've raised it with them. There was a couple of years ago. There was a chap called James Rigby. Give him uh, big props there, uh, who was doing good things on social media. Um, and since he's gone, then it's basically just the, the social media is just shocking. The fan engagements is is fan engagement is done by a um, a supporter basically who runs a blue supporters page who's who, who that operates better than the official channels on social media, for example. Oh, way better. Um, but yeah, I mean, so uh, we we both know Paul. Um, yep. Yeah, not me, Paul, a different Paul, who who <laughs> runs um, uh, blue uh, blue supporters for life. That's right, blue supporters for life. Great. Uh, yeah, if you're on if you're on Facebook uh, and uh, are a blue supporter uh, and you don't know about it yet, well, get yourself down there. Um, it's where it's where all the fans are. Uh, now they sit in the east stand, and I think they have a bad view where they sit, so I don't sit with them. Um, but I used to. But, um, so they make you relocated. And then that's why I relocated to the West. Well, actually, Paul used to sit in the West End. It was only about two yeah. seasons ago he moved. But anyway, um, so um, so they yeah they 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 sit at, gra at grass level, so they so, and the players go over and see them, say hello and stuff. But it's an awful view. That's why I don't sit with them. But they're, they're, yeah. they're a great crowd, uh, and you're right. They do a much better job 
than the official social media from Blues. Yes. Herman, to answer your question in a nutshell, Auckland rugby is just broken, is the easiest way to put it, whether it's the Blues or Auckland at NPC level. It's just broken. It really is. And, that, and that's an administration thing. Can it be fixed? Oh, of course, oh, of can. course it can. Of course ah, it can. You still believe. You still believe. That's what I want to know. Yeah. But not, but not with the people who are there doing it. No. <laughs> they need to clear the total clear out, top to bottom. Yep. Top to bottom. Um, yep. Uh, uh, you know, the coaches we, we, are fine. The players are fine. The administration yeah. is useless. I mean, we, we're sucking up a lot of time on one one topic, but to, to, to sort of to, to finish it off, look, um, you know, obviously once we lost to the Stormers, there was obviously a lot of venting going on about this player and that player, and obviously Tana as the coach. And, and I made the comment, look, we've, we've for years we've replaced the coaches, we've replaced the players. It's not the coaches, it's not the players. It starts any company and you know all this. It's it's professional rugby as a company. It starts from the top down. That's it. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, moments, still on question one, moments <laughs> from the weekend. Um, <laughs> Arshad? Yeah, look, I mean, as I said, for me, it was the Vince Arso try. Um, oh, we're back, yeah, back there again. Yeah, back there. But... Um, the, there was obviously some fantastic touches by uh, Damien McKenzie in the Sunwolves game. Um, you know, hard to read that Sunwolves yeah, game. He gets given gets given too much time against Sunwolves. Um, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I want to throw in there that the 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 the, the try uh, right near the end for the Reds that was a, a wonderful run. Oh, I saw the highlights of that run. Absolutely fantastic. And I was just thinking, and I and we obviously saw the questions coming through, and it's just like, ooh, is that a candidate for the try of the weekend? But yeah, it's it is a great try. There were actually so there was a few really good tries this weekend. Obviously, we said in one game there was three of them. Um, so yeah, there were some good ones. But I'm still sticking with the Arso try because there was oh the other thing was that there was a one-two in that in that play to the line. There was a one-two, but no three. Um, <laughs> 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 yes, and tonight will be full of bad jokes because uh, yes, just because I can, basically. Um, so, um, so, so the Lions uh, obviously got beaten by the Blues, only beaten some by two points. Got uh, lost by fourteen points. The Hagiwaras. Are they still the top team in South Africa? Mm, well, sort of. I would say. I mean, it looks like maybe Stormers could have something to say about it, but. By the look of the way of the Sharks and Bulls are playing, yes, the Lions are still the top team in South Africa. Oh, that's sad because you're basically, you're basically saying that they're the top team in South Africa by default, the fact that everyone else is worse than them rather than that they're any good. Well, I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, look, it's, it's a hard one. That's a, that's a, it is a tough question you put up there because the Lions have played three poor games in a row now, effectively. Um, yeah, and the Stormers have actually, you know, had a tough road trip, come back, beaten the Blues, and then beaten the not a bad, a, a handy red side. They beat the Huggywaris. Did they beat the Huggywaris? They did, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they beat the yeah, before, yeah. 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 So I mean, maybe it was the extra vaccination that the Reds needed in London that stuffed them up. But um, you know, the Stormers, you know, beat a handy red side. So. I think this week, ooh, Lions against Crusaders, which we'll talk about a bit later, that's going to be a very telling. At home, Lions, they got to step up. Otherwise, question marks about whether they are the top team in South Africa. Yeah, uh, think... before, you got, before you started talking, I, I, the answer was going to be, yes, of course they are. They're still, they've still had a couple of bad games. But when you think about it, the fact that, again, yeah, the Stormers have, have had their Australasia 
tour out the way. The Bulls have had their Australasia tour out the way. They've had their hard games already. The Blues, mm. the, sorry, the, the Blues, the, the Lions haven't. The Lions have still got to come over here um, and lose those two, those three games or so that they have over here. So um, it's that's going to be, uh, that's, uh, to be fair, the Lions are the best touring side out of South Africa by a long stretch. So they, 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 they could actually do well. But... Um, but with those two sides, they've already had their hardest games out of the way. It's 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 all downhill from here on inwards. It's, it gets easier. Um, not so much uh, for the, um, the, the not so much for the Lions. Um, and uh, have the, oh, the Sharks have had their tour as well, haven't they? Well, Sharks are still on tour. I think they've got two New Zealand games left. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So the Sharks are on tour now. So they're going through their rough patch now, and then it will be easier for them. But I mean, yeah, the Sharks have only had one win so far this season and, and, a, and a draw at home. So I'm really, it's, it's, it's definitely between the, the, the Storms and the Bulls to challenge the, the Lions. Um, but it does look, it's, it's definitely much more interesting than I thought the, than we were expecting it to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I I love, yep. Okay, I, mean, I always want to say about Stormers, even the games we lost against the Crusaders and Highlanders, I thought they looked pretty good in patches in those two games too. Yep, they did. Crusaders, they basically gave away the game the first 20 minutes, but then for the last 60 minutes, they competed really well with the Crusaders. Mm. And then the following week, they backed it up against the Highlanders. They actually yeah, I mean, put in a pretty good competition against Highlanders. They got hit pretty hard by some injuries in that game. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and we're seeing that actually. The the depth is is such a big thing in this competition. We've had um, with with quite a few teams being hit hit by injuries. I and mean, the the Rebels lost that game against the Waratahs because they lost Damian Hale at Petty at the back, and they put Hodge there. It was a bad a bad coaching decision. Um, we've we've seen the Sunwolves uh, lose one of their home games because they lost like three player th three of their backs in the first twenty minutes. I mean, they, they they were on a on a losing uh, wicket hiding for nothing hiding for nothing. Um, and we've had seen so many things there where they've um, uh, where, where we've seen teams uh, uh, sort of have injuries early in the game that, and that, that have that you can see they've changed the direction of the game. The Crusaders as well when they lost Crotty and um, Whitelock White doors to, to headlocks head knocks. So um, headlocks, no, interesting guy. Yeah. Anyway, um, um, yes, the, the, the new MMA version of rugby. Um, but um, so uh, so with there's um, with that you've got yeah. I, I, Early injuries have have impacted uh, quite a few games this season uh, and have been a, a contributing factor. Mate, this, this weekend for the Lions, they've got to step up because if they don't step up this week against the Crusaders, um, then, you know, they're going to have a tough road for the rest of the competition. I agree, I agree. They've got to get a, that morale up. Yeah, I have like a, a small migrating factor maybe by the... Jaguar has played pretty good in this last round. I read on uh, Friday afternoon, they finally decided that Argentina and Las Pumas, they're going to change their laws for eligibility for their players. We're going to start picking players from Europe again. So all of a uh, sudden, you're not you're not a Puma just by being a Jaguar anymore. And that change is Friday. Just two, and all of a sudden, they were all performing. Wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> you think they had a bit of motivation there? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we won't be. Yeah, yeah. It's the, it's, I, I, and, and they're always talk that they were going to revert to that policy uh, in the right the Rugby World Cup. Um, and talking about twenty, about about post twenty twenty, um, where uh, we're, we're, apparently we're supposed to hear this week as to what the strategic direction of Super Rugby is going to be. And I can see Ashwin shaking his head already. This is this is this one's going to go downhill. Um, we have plenty of rabbit holes to head down and plenty of tangents to head off in. So this one's going to be. Uh, um, this, is, this one's going to be a, a classic question. 
Where do you think Super Rugby will be expanding to in 2020? It won't be. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's just like, hello. Um, surely you only have to look back a year um, to see you don't expand Super Rugby. Otherwise, it doesn't. you might as well just drop the Super part. Um, what they will do, I suspect, is that they'll start to look at more, um, uh, like, like with the games going to the islands, um, with franchises will take games uh, around the world, and maybe that will happen if they do expand in terms of teams. All they're asking for is the same trouble that they had before. Well, they've already said that they are looking at expanding. Yeah, uh, Oops. Uh, so, <laughs> well, they said they're looking at expanding, but they might keep it to fifteen. But if they do keep it to fifteen, they might not have the same teams. Yeah. Um, in which case. Uh, obviously, the inference there is is that the the, the Sunwolves in particular would be uh, uh, asked to, uh, to to head out the door. Um, the <laughs> really, you, you, I, I think it, I think it's the complete opposite. I think it's become especially for Australia and New Zealand because uh, South Africa. It's it's only a matter of time before they will be out of Sunshine and Super Rugby because it just doesn't make sense from an economic perspective that they should play. In. In the southern hemisphere, it should, they should be much better off in Europe, and that door is already open. So for Australia, New Zealand, in the future, they need to align themselves with Asia, and the first stop is Japan, of course. So I see that Sunwolves is only the beginning, because if especially if South Africa leaves, who's going to pay the bills for New Zealand and uh, Australia? It's only Japan who can do that. Well, yeah, I, from 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 what I've read, I mean, I, I thought that the the the, the cheetahs and the kings was the uh, the start of uh, of seeing South Africa move up north uh, and exiting itself from Sunsar. But it does seem like that the the next for the at least for the next TV deal, um, we are going to see the rugby championship stay uh, the way it is. The uh, so South Africa are going to stay in Sunsar. They're not going to um, extricate themselves entirely. They have yeah, I think so. To, for also, for, sorry for interrupting there, but yes. also because the Lion story is coming to South Africa 2021, so they want to keep like the, the same structure in place. But I guess it's after the World Cup 2023 that we might see some real big changes. Because I think also the deal South Africa already now have with Pro 14 is the 2023. And I was just going to add, there's like um, there's the Greekers um, team. Uh, I think it was, and there's another. There's two teams from South Africa that have also now started to play in European competitions as well, wasn't it? Uh, they, they want to. They want to. I mean, oh, they want also, to. But, but what's more of a problem for Super Rugby is that I think both Lions and Bulls is on the record too that they would like to transfer to Pro 14 because it, it's just going to be more money for them. You know, all the games going to be in primetime TV. It makes so much sense for them to play in Europe. Well, I think the Lions and the Bulls have missed the boat. If they wanted to do it, they had to go. They, they, they should have jumped when uh, the Kings and the Cheetahs did. Uh, and because of their scared to dip their toes in the water, they've missed that boat. So what you're looking at, because uh, it would involve either the Cheetahs or the uh, Kings coming back into Super Rugby, and I, I can't really see that happening. So the, the Grickass and the Pumas are the two teams that have been talked about uh, heading up into the Anglo-Welsh Cup. Um, or the Anglo-Irish Cup, uh, the, the sort of tier below uh, Aviva Premiership. So we'll see if that if that does come about uh, at the moment. We'll, uh, we will have to see. But yeah, can South Africa really support eight professional teams? Uh, we look at the Kings at the moment. They've not. They've um, they've won one game all season in the Pro 14. Now I know they lost their entire squad. They built a squad in two weeks. They their coach didn't know if he was going to be coaching or not until about two weeks before the competition. It was a disastrous start. 
Uh, and so they were never going to do anything this year, um, to be honest. But um, but but yeah, just do they have enough players for eight teams? I'm I'm not sure personally. Uh, but we'll um, we have to see. I, I, I agree with that, Paul. They don't have for eight teams, but I think South Africa's long term game is to go to move all the Super Rugby teams to Europe. Well, we'll have to see. Uh, that, that, yeah. I say, that's, I thought that was going to be their long-term game, um, uh, but um, but we'll have to see how that uh, how, how that all but, pans out. But to come back to your question, but see, because with with Japan already now, it's uh, it's already like the, the third uh, richest domestic league in the world. Already having Japan in the top league. I mean, it's. I think uh, New Zealand Rugby Union and Rugby Australia would need to work like a lot more hands-on with the Japanese Union and also with the, some of the Japanese companies owning these clubs. But it's obvious there's like massive growth to be made in Japan. There's so massive. You, there's, there, there is massive potential in Japan. The problem they have is that they've got their structure all wrong. Yeah, okay. but that's what I mean. We need um, more, more of a hands-on approach. But we're, we're, so so basically. What we saw with, uh, with, with with the Super Rugby expansion into Argentina and into Japan. So with Argentina, it was clearly a planned process. They knew that what they were doing. Um, they knew it was going to happen. Uh, they, 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 they contracted players. They contracted staff. They got themselves in the right position. In Japan, what we saw was, right, we have an amateur union who has no money. We have, as you say, the third or whatever is richest or third or fourth richest league in the world. Uh, and... You've got a union going, how can we get some money and some control? I know. We can get a Super Rugby franchise. And they just went and got a Super Rugby franchise with absolutely zero plan, with no communication with the, uh, with, with the top league over there, um, and expected the top league just to release players that they could use for free, um, uh, which was an absolute farcical situation to be in. And which is why they nearly got thrown out of the league before it even started because they couldn't put a team together because they were total amateurs and had made a bunch of assumptions that were just blatantly never going to work. Um, so what we, what we, first off, what needs to happen is, one, the Japanese rugby union needs to professionalize and have proper professional administrators. Two, they need to work with the top league, not against them, not trying to wrestle control, which means they need to let the top league invest in the Super Rugby franchise. They need to then say, our end goal is in 12 years, whatever it is, to actually have six teams or five teams in Japan, of which each um, each top league team gets to own half. So we have so we'll, so we'll match two top league teams to each Super Rugby, to each rugby, Super Rugby sides. Um, they will get something like a third ownership each and, we'll, and the, the union will have a third ownership. So you have a third, third, third. Uh, and the, and and you'll and basically those, those two uh, two top league teams will feed the Super Rugby team and and set that kind of structure up. But That's that the they are a million miles away from there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree. We are a million miles, but this is also the bigger reason for New Zealand rugby and also rugby Australia to have a much more hands-on approach on Japan. Obviously, I understand with some culture thing, you cannot go in and tell a Japanese person do this and do that because they will think they lose their honor, but all these things are things you can work through, also because the, the major thing, that the bottom line is still, it's a massive market. I mean, there's one this fa favorite number a lot of people love to come back to is the, the viewing figures for Japan against Samoa in the last World Cup in Japan. Was it? Is it 21 million viewers? It's by far the most viewed rugby event ever in the world in one single country. 
I mean, oh. I, that's like everything is peaking in a perfect, but it, it shows the real, very potential. There is potential. Absolutely, there is potential. But um, as, at the moment, the first thing they need to do is professionalize that administration. And they're not showing any signs of even trying to do that. They've, they're, 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 they're two or three years in, and they still think they can run it as an old boys club uh, who are part-timers uh, and, or, or just doing it for free tickets. And that's not what you need. Uh, we've seen in the ARU that actually, you know what, having rugby guys just come through and become try to be sports administrators doesn't work. Hence, they've gone out and got themselves a lady who is a uh, who is a, a sports administrator through and through. She's done um, she's done netball. She's had, she's been in rugby league. She's been in multiple sports, and she knows what sports uh, administration is about. It's a unique style of business. Just because you've been successful in business doesn't mean you're going to be successful in sports. Just because you've been a successful player doesn't mean you're going to be successful in administration. Um, so, yeah, you need someone with that. And that's really what um, what I think uh, they need up in Japan. But I say, know what they've not grasped the nettle. They don't realize it. And, 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 and they're, they're nowhere. So, so what, what about sort of in terms of like, it seems like everybody seems to think that the pot of gold is the U.S. You know, taking the games over there. You know, but that's that's the way that there's a lot of administrators around that are, that that are thinking that the pot of gold is in the U.S. and expansion into the U.S. and taking rugby to the U.S. Now, again, there's another country, well, a biggest market, biggest financial market in the world. Uh, the potential there again is massive. So, hence, you've got um, South Africa going to play Wales in Washington DC. Um, you've got oh, there's another game in June. I forgot which one it is now. Um, I think Scotland's going over there to play some games. Um, obviously, we've we've had the All Blacks and the Wallabies both play over there in recent years as well on their way to November tests. So, yes, there is potential there. There is a big market. There is money to be made. So, but the problem um, there is is distances. Uh, and the amount you're going to have to invest um, currently, the, and also administration again. The USA Rugby Union uh, has got has unfortunately uh, spun off and given themselves a, put 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 the commercial arm into a venture called RIM um, Rugby International Marketing, which is losing money. They've gone and decided, hey, we don't have enough rugby on TV, so we'll set up our own rugby channel, uh, and then. We'll watch the other sports channels, buy the rights for the rugby, and we'll have nothing to sh nothing to show, but we'll still expect to charge lots of money for people to subscribe. <laughs> so that's losing money hand over fist. Um, and then their first attempt at doing a professional rugby league was an absolute farce, as we saw with pro rugby, where one guy ran it um, and then threw his toys out the pram and walked away. So um, he just didn't pay his bills. Uh, now, thankfully, the, the guy who oversaw all those three things has left. Unfortunately, he's now at the RFU, um, in <laughs> trying to sort out trying to sort out the rugby championship. And yeah, uh, from what I've heard, that isn't going so well. Um, so uh, they've got a new guy in. They've 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 told they've recently told Rim they have I think I think it is four weeks to either um, be wound down, show away they'll be profitable. Or get themselves bought. I can't remember if it's Rim or or, or or the or the rugby channel. So there is a big shakeup on the commercial side in the US about to happen, um, which is which can only be good because, as I say, it, it just wasn't going anywhere. Um, and the union needs the commercial side to generate revenue to be able to invest in the sport. 
um, and by hiving it off and have it as a loss-making um, wholly, wholly owned subventure really was not a good, was not a good sign. Um, so uh, but this is also why you hear the, the people who are talking about buying the, I don't know if they actually bought it or they're talking about buy, buying uh, Warriors. the Warriors um, are talking about uh, hosting a Super Rugby team in Hawaii. Um, it's the best time zone for uh, New Zealand and Australia uh, from American, American, best American time zone. Um, the, the, the shortest travel, uh, you've got all the Polynesian influence. Um, so the perfect place in some ways to have an American uh, Super Rugby side. Uh, there's talk, obviously, of a Super Rugby side coming out of Fiji um, as well. Um, and Argentina is saying they need two Super Rugby sides to, to maintain uh, enough internationals for, the, for, the, for, for, the, um, for their national team. So uh, those, to me, are the three most credible, at the moment, uh, places to expand because you have to expand in threes. Uh, and Sanzar realized that, that, that having um, four, four, five, five didn't work. But having 666 could work. So if, say, Fiji were to join the Australian conference, uh, Hawaii were to join the New Zealand conference, uh, and the second South African, second Argentinian side were to join the, uh, the Africa's conference, uh, that would actually make for um, a much more feasible way of growing, of growing the, the, the conferences. And it's time for you guys to talk. So I'm going to get a dry, a dry mouth from just doing such a big, long, long monologue. <laughs> oh, you, you, you kept on going and going. But I don't first of all, let's look at the thing about going to the United States to explain. Okay, Hawaii is like much, much closer, but I don't see that as a go area for super rugby, really. There's going to be another Argentina, and for rugby to grow big in the United States, oh, it's a pipe dream. The other thing is about the Pacific Islander team. Oh, sorry, you want? Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think the, the, the Hong Kong one out of those three is the, is, is is the longest shot. Hong Kong um, is realistic. Hawaii. I say. Sorry, the Hawaii, so Hong Kong is, is, is realistic because Hong Kong actually has a fully um, professional national team. Oh, who so ranked twenty eighth in the world also? So we're like we're not great, but we at least have something to build on, and we have a lot of a lot of our, like rugby in the Hong Kong schools too. It's like a huge school sport in Hong Kong. There is something to build on there. Um, so yeah, so I, I think Hong Kong is probably more is, is more viable than, than Hawaii. Um, but yeah, you're looking at one of those, and Fiji then would obviously fit into the New Zealand uh, conference quite comfortably. Uh, and who wouldn't want a weekend away to Fiji to watch a game of rugby? Hawaii was good too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that but um, does is the money there in Fiji to be able to support no, a team? No. Yeah, there that's the problem. There isn't. There isn't. That's still going to be isn't. a problem. Mm. It's always going to be the issue. I mean, for me, I, can, I want to test an idea of you to, on you two guys here that I've been thinking about. Test how away. I, I'm a, I'll be a guinea pig. How, how, to, how, how to actually make some money for Pacific Island rugby. I mean, uh, we have tried it twice before when we did the Pacific Islander team. You know, we did the one tour against started in 2004, which actually was a little bit of a success, really good games. And then we did it again in 2008, and it was not a success at all, and players say we didn't want it. But and it, this idea has sort of been, been killed off because, yeah, it wasn't exactly a success from the tour of Europe, and also uh, like some of the Islander boys said, now we want to rep represent Tonga, Samoa, or Fiji. Yep. But now, if the choice is to never play the All Blacks or play the All Blacks twice every year, but do it as the Pacific Islanders, I think the choice for them would be very easy. I mean, couldn't you in, in, 
include a Pacific Islander team in the rugby championship? Because here comes the thing. There is this rule in the, uh, that from the World Rugby has that actually make all the clubs in Europe have to release their players for the rugby championship. They could actually pick the best Pacific Islander players for that tournament. Okay. That rule works fine whilst the player uh, is happy to, to, um, to be released. Uh, and sometimes because of their contracts, they basically get told, if you're released, you're not getting paid. Uh, and so they can't afford to be released uh, for, for those games. So um, I, I, I don't think that, um, uh, that uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't think they would, they would, get, they would get the players. About, I mean, I'm, come on, Paul, it's about playing power, because if the 30 best Pacific Islander player decides, no, we're going to go and play, now it would be him and we we are star these are star players. You can't punish all the star players. I mean, uh, we we see it. We we like. Now we see it. We see it now. Even with um with the World Cup, there were actually a couple of players that um you know the the owners of the clubs up in Europe had the chat with the players and said, oh no nah, yeah you might be jeopardizing your contract by going to play for your national team in the World Cup. We see it as a small nation um within the soccer. Uh, where players get spoken to by their clubs who are the rich owners and the benefactors of their club, talking to the players, um, saying, you don't really want to go play for your national country. So I understand what you're saying about player power, but, you know, I, I think dollar money talks, unfortunately. It's just the world we live in. Well, but here comes the next thing. It's an interesting point, because I think if you could actually assemble, like, the top 30 Pacific Islander players to a mm. Pacific Islander team who's going to play the all backs and the Wallabies, I think those games would be very popular. Oh, look, no, no doubt about it. I think you get the quality of player into the team. You get the quality of the players. The problem, the problem is, it, it, is, it is money. All right. Um, if we look at the players that are heading overseas pre-Rugby World Cup um, from, from New Zealand, uh, if we look at them, so we're looking at Sopawanga, Pekitoa, um, uh, Kano's going to go. Uh, we've got um, Charlie Naitai going. Um, so basically, if you look at all of those players, um, they're all of Pacifica origin. Okay. Uh, and it's a financial issue because they are expected to support their families a lot more than the European heritage or the New Zealand heritage um, players. And this is not trying to be, this isn't, this is, this is a cultural thing. I'm not, this is not. Uh, oh, you white guy being racist again. They... <laughs> no, the best example. No, the best example of that is Charles Piertel. Obviously, I mean, you know, yeah. basically had all but given the signature on the paper. Um, got this massive offer out of Europe, and it's just like, well, hey, that's not just me set up. That's my family set up for life, sort of thing. Yeah. And he just well, but well, actually, no. he had signed the piece of paper. He just hadn't returned it. He'd even signed a piece of paper, but, but yeah. So, Lee, I mean, Lee, he was fine doing what he did. But um, so, well, so but these so, okay, financial, the financial pressure on these players is massive because of that, and they are not going to earn. Doesn't matter how popular those three or those, those those four international games are, they will never get the same wage from playing internationally that they will get from playing in Europe and playing. Hey, the, the the other elephant in the room. There's another elephant in the room with the Pacific Island teams, like Samoa, Tonga, well, Samoa and Fiji in particular, is the fact is that the French clubs and the English clubs are picking them up at the age of 17 and they're becoming eligible for France and England. 
So you're going to start seeing the actual <laughs> top grade players are actually, and it's happening already, right? It's already happening. You, you're seeing guys that have been picked up early doors out of um, out of uh, Samoa and Fiji. They're now playing for France and England. Yeah. Um, oh, so not that many. Yeah, yeah, it might happen. No, it'll happen. No, it's, no, it's, no it is. It's happening now. It's the, happening. The, the, it's happening, human. It's um. The, they've the, got scouts the that are French, going into the schools there. Yeah, the French academies are full of full of Pacifica people uh, players, unfortunately. Um, yeah. It's 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 great for those that are successful. For those that aren't successful, it can be an absolute disaster, unfortunately. So anyway, um, but yeah. So I, I can't see. I, I, also, I think it's a bit like if you look at the if you look at British football, um, England. Uh, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, uh, Northern Ireland, Wales, refu uh, staunchly uh, fight to stay separate. And I think you'll find the Pacific Islands that, so whilst from the outside uh, they look, uh, they, they 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 can appear to be a culture, but they they are they are vastly different cultures. And they, and I think they they're very proud about being playing separately. And I think they'll yeah, but I, I think trying to get them to play together. Paul, I think you misunderstand. This is not about taking away their natural teams. They're still going to have their natural teams, but this is only during the, the rugby championship window. They're going to come together. During that window, they're going to come together because also the, mm. uh, this is what the idea comes from the beginning. This would actually be one of the few ways you can actually make money out of Pacific Island rugby. I mean, this is like the big, big question all the time: how to make money out of them. And this is how. This is how. This is how, and you uh, you want to shoot it down right away. I mean, come on, a little bit belief here for the Islander. Boy. No, I, I don't. I don't have any. No, I could, again, it, it, it'll be seen as the first stepping stone to, to to losing their national identities, which is exactly why the uh, we there, there wasn't a Team GB football team in the Olympics for so long, and until and, the Olympics and, was held in London, that was a, that was the only time they've ever had it. I'll so, give you a good. Example. Yeah. Give you a good example, Paul. West Indian cricket really starting to fall apart. Might come back again, but just that internal fighting between the different countries. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I this has become so political. But how are we going to make money for the Islanders then? Transfer fees. I mean, I mean, the, the, the thing, if you speak like real cross, like if the devil's advocate, what do they got the Islanders that people are ready to pay for? They got some serious talent. We want to oh, see absolutely. that talent come. We want to see that talent come together. We want to see them push the old backs. That's what we pay money for. I mean, there's a few things people are actually ready to give money for. No, you're you're right in the fact that it's it's an it's it's an throwing an idea on the whiteboard, for using a corporate term, and um and and, and you're right in terms of, look, it, it, there has to be strategizing again corporate speak yeah, um, yeah, but you know yeah. in terms of how do you generate an income for those island teams so they can become stronger and to develop the players because we know they're a fact people talk about new zealand being a factory for rugby players the islands can be just as much a factory for rugby players if the right support structures are put in place if the money investors there if the money isn't um fraudulently utilized which we see happening over there as well. So there's a lot of dynamics. You, you're right. It's, I suppose Paul and I have been a little bit on the negative, but it's it's built it's built on the it's built on the fact that there's so many of these things that have been tried in the past, and we've just seen how something's come along to basically scupper it and some you know sabotage is probably a better word. You know, there's so many things that come along to sabotage them. But I I I, I think that. The, there are a couple of things that, that do give us hope. Now, one of them was if we go back to the Rugby World Cup in France, um, where we saw Tonga get get um, uh, get sponsored by Paddy Power, um, and one of the players actually changed his name to Paddy Power, um, and then dye their hair green. I mean, they were so thankful for having that sponsorship. Sponsorship. 
um, and, and that support. And it was a, it, it's uh, yes, it's a sponsorship. Yes, it's the money, but it's also the the the, the support that so, someone would actually step up and 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 and, and put the money where the mouth is and actually support them. That's why they were willing to go the whole hog and uh, and 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 buy buy totally into it. And if you listen to uh, Ben Ryan when he was talking about the the the, the, the Fiji franchise, he said that they, that he already had um, several national uh, sorry international kit sponsors um, and other people who were willing to go in there with the money and make it happen. So well, but no one has ever backed those statements up. You know, he said it once and then it just disappeared. No, but no he's no, just going to go on the back of the Ben Ryan comment, um, Paul. Sorry, but just like you know, Ben Ryan was doing fantastic things for the Fijian Sevens team, and then the administration there basically go and stuff things up. It, it, so you never got to see all the because Ben Ryan's got a big name and and obviously in sevens rugby he's he's got pulling power he can get those companies he can get them on board you've got to utilize a Ben Ryan and instead they ended up moving him along. Well, yeah, he he criticised the the um, some of the things that happened after he left, uh, and at which point the the Fijian Union do not take criticism very well, and hence they um, they they threw their toys out of the pram. And yeah, and 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 that's why also when he was talking about the Super Rugby franchise, he was talking about it being an, in, an independent thing away from the union, um, because again, the embezzlement of funds, um, the the fact that money doesn't reach the places where it's supposed to. Now, um, one of the things that World Rugby is doing is saying, look, you have to have audited accounts if you want to get your seat on the council, uh, and so they are trying to use a stick, uh, trying to use a carrot to lead these unions into having uh, better accounting structures uh, and, and become more mature organizations, um, pardon me, rather than, as I, as I was talking about with the Japanese one, where you've got guys in there who just there for the free tickets and there for the free ride um, and there for the, and there for the glory of, 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 of being the head of uh, the union. Um, I'm sure this is going to going to totally destroy any chance I've got of getting free tickets to uh, and an invite up to Japan. <laughs> we'll anyway, to Japan. Uh, <laughs> oh, damn, I'm just throwing out the window. Um, this is like reputation. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as you say, yeah, we, yeah, we, we talk the truth. But hey, this is the the, the, the fans. Actually, what I what I need to do is actually I need to get a little stand built here, and I could say yeah, fans from the stands with the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the stands the. Bleachers. I have a little bleacher that I do, do the podcast from. Um, the um, oh, what a fantastic! Oh, oh, wow. Okay, sorry. Park that's one on one side, and we'll go away and build my studio later. Um, but um, where was I? So yeah, the, the, there is. There are the commercial groups out there. Um, someone like Skins, for example, I could see being that sort of company that would get involved um, in that in that kind of thing. Uh, and I think there's there. I think they they would get the sponsorship because um, if we look at the amount that. Um, the cheetahs have revitalized and created interest um, in the Pro 14, bringing a Fiji side uh, and look at how the Fiji side in the NRC totally raised the interest level in that, um, that actually a Fiji side or, or Pacific Islander side based out of Fiji in, in Super Rugby, uh, they would, everyone would watch those games. Uh, Here's your team. And that would, and they would get some, there would be everyone's second team, favorite, second favorite team. Mm. Uh, and so people would just be wanting to sponsor them because everyone would buy their jerseys, everyone would watch them, uh, and yeah, absolutely, that there would be a, a, a sponsor's dream. But that, that's actually a good point. The old Fiji team in the NRC, you know, you're talking about expansion in 2020, which then 
they talk about expanding it'll be 2021 sort of thing, whatever. But that gives that Fiji team in the NRC time to actually build, develop, and become a strong team, and then migrate into the Super Rugby competition. Yeah, and that'll keep her. And that's what's that's what's so important about this is that whatever the plan is they come up with, is they've got to spend three years, four years, whatever it is, however long they've got, building that team up. Don't put it out to tenders and say, uh, we'll choose the team six months before before the tournament starts. No, no, no. Make the decision now. Make it quick. And get them building. Build the administration side of it up. Uh, get them proper facilities to train in. Get them proper uh, and, and put an academy in place now so that you, actually get, you can even have some local players who have come through the academy who Fiji. are ready to start um, and, and make it happen. And now if, if for Fiji... For the Fiji, the Fiji Jura are the academy side for the Fiji Super Rugby team. Fantastic. Um, now with Argentina, you've got the Haguaris. What you're going to do is you're going to split the Haguaris in half um, and add a few more players, so you can see how they can plan and build that side out. It's that third team that's in Hong Kong, that's in Hawaii. How are they going to build and not just be an absolute shambles like the Sunwolves were for the first two years? That's that's the real challenge. Yeah, but that's not. Oof. I don't think we have even time to start talking about that because if you like, if you break down like the Sunwolves, uh, the strategy behind the expansion, uh, if you show what the, the Samsa has done to anyone working in American sports or even Australian sports, you know, they would they would think you were joking with us. Is that how you're going to release this expansion team? You mean, first of all, they got zero help with players, zero help with players. They're going to mingle with the toughest boys in the toughest competition in the world. And no, 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 but you take care of the players. We don't worry about that. <laughs> and like, like extra. Oh, by the way, you're going to fly like four times more than any other teams in the competition. I say, oh, exactly. but, but they put them up in the air like more than any other team. And that's like an ex, like extra bonus to the Sunwood. Oh, by the way, we, you're going to play free home games in Singapore too. Yeah! <laughs> I mean, if you look I, I really can't see what, what what your problems are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what's, what are your complaints? How, what's, where's all this going on? Uh, so, imagine you got to someone working with American pro sports. They would think you were joking. Like, what? No, 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 no. This is not how you do it. Absolutely. And that's what I say. I, I think that what, what we saw with the Japan one was we saw um, an amateur organization um, figure see, see an opportunity for them to um, uh, to, uh, um, to 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 grab some power, to grab some money, um, rather than being a properly thought out uh, bid. It was somebody thinking, "Oh, hey, if we have Super Rugby, we can. It'll give us power. It'll give us money, um, and we'll gain control." Uh, and blatantly, it didn't. You know, it was a total farce of of, 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 of a build. But as you're right. We have chatted on for way too long or apps or uh, about these sort of things. And uh, whilst it is great and fun enjoying uh, talking to you guys, we have to start trying to wrap this up. And let's run. So let's run through our predictions for the games that are coming up this next weekend. First off, Friday night, Chiefs versus the Highlanders. Uh, what's your prediction, uh, Herman? Chiefs against Highlanders. Um, uh, Highlanders by three. I got it back, Highlanders. Uh, they, they got undone. By, they got undone by some like terrific scoring by the Hurricanes. <laughs> Ashwin, yeah, you, you know, you, we keep 
I'm going to go the Highlanders by seven. Um, yeah, it's but it's a tough call because the Chief guys keep standing up, but they shouldn't. You know, they're in such a predicament. They they're just just another player for the season, as well. Um, Dominic, not yeah, Dominic Bird, just lost him for the season as well. And it's just like they keep players keep dropping, but they keep standing up. But I just can't see it carrying on all the time. Yeah, but so anyway, I'm going Highlanders by seven. Home advantage has, has, has been massive during this this tournament this year, um, and so I'm going to back the Chiefs by five. Um, the the Chiefs are the only side to have beaten a uh, a New Zealand side at home or away kind of thing. They've been they beat the Blues. Um, every other New Zealand side has won all their home games so far. So yep, so I'm back in the Chiefs by five. I think you're both um, absolutely do lally guys. Uh, <laughs> um, next up, the Rebels host the Hurricanes. Uh, Ashwin. Ooh. Uh, we find out if the Rebels are the real deal, um, if they're going to be competitive at the business end of the season. Um, at this stage of the season, I'm going to go to the Hurricanes, and I think they'll do it by 10. Kevin? Uh, um, yeah. yeah. Ooh. This is probably the first time I'm pumped to see a New Zealand team play an Aussie team in like three years in Super Rugby. Yeah, good point. <laughs> a rebels team who lost away to the lost away to the Warriors um, after giving up a massive lead. But yeah, go, go feel free. Um, go go for it, Herman. No, 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 no. I'm not. No, I'm going to go for Hurricanes by seven. I think the Rebels are actually going to make a fight of it, but they will not win. Again, I think home advantage will mean the, the Rebels keep it relatively close. I'm going Hurricanes by five, um, but I can't see the Rebels oh. even it. Um, <laughs> Heading off into Saturday, we have the Blues versus the uh, the Sharks. Um, oh, Blues, actually, Blues by twenty. Ooh, yeah. Archie's yeah. been on the happy pills again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I go Blues by fifteen. I go Blues by ten. Um, Brumbies versus the Waratahs. In fact, <laughs> the most intriguing game of the weekend, seeing the return of Pocock. Is he playing full game or is he coming off the bench? Do we know? Uh, they've not selected the side yet. We do know he's back for this game. Okay. Come on, Ashwin. Ah, uh, I, I didn't see the Brumbies play last week. Did they have a bye anyway? Um, yes, they did. They did, yes. Uh, I'm going to go the Waratahs. I think, obviously, they had that good game against Rebels. They backed that up with their game plan of um, high ball to Falau. Um, he, they should get home over the Brumbies. I know we talk about the home advantage, etc., but the Brumbies just haven't shown me anything this year. So... Um, yeah, I'm going with the Waratahs. Uh, but I'll pick them by three, which, as we've spoken about before, is basically means it's a lottery on who will win. <laughs> it all comes down to bats the ball. Uh, Herman? Uh, I go for Pocock's boys by three points. Uh, same here. I'm going Bunbury's by three because home advantage and Pocock coming back. Also, they won't have Hodge at fullback. They'll have someone actually who can actually catch the ball, which always helps. Um, we then head over to uh, South Africa for the Bulls versus the Stormers. Herman, kick us off. Um, I, I like them Stormers. I think Stormers look better, better. I think it's time for them to snatch. I mean, it's in so, the terrible and tour outside South Africa. That's a, that's a like, golden rule about the Stormers. Inside South Africa, they can actually play. So, yeah, I'm going to go Stormers by five. I wasn't sure whether you were talking about the Stormers or the Bulls, because, again, the, the Bulls on tour are absolutely awful, and at home they can play as well. Um, Ashwin? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to gonna stick with the Bulls. Um... Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bulls for t by 10, actually. Uh, I'm backing the Bulls at, at altitude by three. Um, and if the final game of the round, the Lions versus the Crusaders. 
All right. I have like a sneaky feeling that the Crusaders is going to teach the Lions a lesson. So I'm going to go Crusaders by 18. 18? On the road? 18. Yeah. Oh, wow. So we're talking bonus point territory here. Yeah, I was going to go Crusaders by 15. So um, yeah, I'm of the same opinion. Uh, you know, you, uh, the Crusaders actually are one of the teams that seem to um, relish the road trips. They they seem to bond well on their road trips, and and there's something that it, the road trips bring it out on them. You, you go back to I know it's a while going back a while now, but when they did have all the earthquakes and they had the um, away games in London and that, and it really did sort of galvanise them as a team. Seems to work for them, and and that Lions team basically on the back of three poor performances. Yeah, Crusaders by 15. So uh, the Lions, uh, so the Crusaders who have not won away from home all season, uh, yep. travelling to the Lions <laughs> at altitude. Um, yep. So I'm back in the Crusaders by three. Um, I think it'll be a lot closer than you are, but I do think the Crusaders will win it. Yes, um, so there we go. There are two rules in Super Rugby for picking. One, always pick the New Zealand side. <laughs> if you have two New Zealand sides, then always pick the home side. <laughs> and you're not going to go far, far wrong. Oh, I thought you were going to say, Auckland, as, as I've been told by, by, by lots of Kiwis, that actually I've not been to New Zealand if I just stay in Auckland. It's not until you get outside of New Auckland that you see that you see the real New Zealand. Um, and so hence, the Blues aren't really a proper New Zealand side, unlike, uh, unlike the other ones. <laughs> um, as, as I say, you, as you'll have seen, we're having pumpkin growing competitions down here in New Plymouth at work. That's real New Zealand, not, uh, not, not, not talking about your espressos and your lattes from Starbucks. <laughs> um, up in uh, uh, and, and your head Starbucks. I was trying to think of who, who, to, who, who, to, who, to, who, who to mention in, in Auckland. I had to, I had to, to grab for that. Maybe um, uh, who else is? Um, I've gone blank. Columbus Coffee. No. Maybe. There we go. Or something uh, up in up in Auckland. But also, there is a rule number three to uh, to a betting rule about Super Rugby. Also. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, we said yeah. picking, oh, yeah. not betting. Let's, let's be clear here. It's not about betting, it's about picking. Picking. <laughs> picking, okay, okay, okay. We, we, don't, we don't promote gambling on this site, on, on this channel. Yeah, right. the, rule, the rule number three is, of course, if the Blues is playing a Kiwi side, always play against the Blues. Yeah. <laughs> as, we're, as, as we're saying, the Blues aren't really a Kiwi side when, you, when you're doing these pick, when you're using these rules. Ah. So there we go. Uh, um, I'll, I'll just wait till we tip the apple cart over. um thank you so much boys for joining me uh we only had three questions tonight but we still filled out the hour more than comfortably um with our our lovely tangents so um, herman uh thank you very much for joining me obviously there's no point telling anyone where to talk to you during the week because you are the uh the social media ghost um you don't really exist um but thank you very much for joining me and Ashwin, why don't you let people know where they can have a chat with you uh, during the week about all things rugby and New Zealand politics? At NZFetso on Twitter, and I'll see you there. Absolutely. And I've been Paul, the guy behind Driving Mall. Always up for good old rugby chats. Please feel free to put your comments down below or get a hold of me at Driving Mall on Twitter. Um, there is a picture there, so please do subscribe either through that or the red button below. Give it a thumbs up and all that kind of stuff as well. It's much appreciated. My latest video is there, um, so do watch some more stuff. And obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, give us a five-star review, please. I just love five stars. It's just, it just suits my complexion. Three, four stars are just not bright enough. Um, so thank you very much, and uh, enjoy whatever you're watching this weekend. <laughs>